0: So we are in uh, South of Spain and I think we have been doing this kind of uh, retreat we can almost call it for quite a few years now. And uh, this is the first time we talk about between the two of us I think what we call it. Before we always said we're going away for strategy days, but that's not really what we're doing is it?
1: Yeah, in my calendar it's a strategy and design strategy meetings and so that i keep the what is it three days Mm. completely free from meetings Um, but that's not really what it is we figured out uh, that what we really do is deep work Mm. and uh, that's what we i think what we want to talk about also in the in the podcast today
0: yeah and um, i have many clients right now where we refer to deep work, we talk about deep work, but I don't think we have necessarily talked about what that is. So we assume there is a common understanding of what deep work is and how it works. Exactly. But the fact, and I actually read a book this summer, which I talked to you about as well. Um, and it's quite funny how that came to me. So this is during summer holiday in Sweden before coming here. And when I finally went down <laughs> and started to slow down, I suppose, uh, I went to the library, which is the first for me in many, many years. And there's, a, of course, the selection of books is not you know, it's not massive when you're in a little summer village in Sweden. But this book was there. It's a Deep Work by um, Cal Newport, and it's not a new book.
1: No, and uh, as I told you, I bought the book, uh, but I haven't read it yet. It was on my list, on my stack of books to read at some point. Um, which is quite a large stack. <laughs> uh, anyway, now I'm not going to read it anymore because you read it.
0: And you bought it a while ago? Yeah, it's well, not that long ago. Oh, okay.
1: Few, maybe six months.
0: Anyway, the interesting thing was when I read it, and I suppose even more when we started talking about it, I think you asked me, so what's new in there? What is it that we can learn from it? And I think that it's a really good way of of framing what deep work is and yeah. the different pragmatic approaches to it. But it was also quite nice to see that oh, we're doing this, and this is perhaps why it's working. I mean, other people have already figured that out, uh, yeah. of course. It's nothing new here. But I think what he had that we could perhaps share is, um, so he he comes up with a few really good ways of framing it as so almost like models for what mm. deep work is. And then I suppose we could share some of all the stuff that works for us. Mm. But having said that, I also want to start by saying we are very, very lucky to be able to Go away for a couple of days to a really nice location, where we can minimize distractions that are unwelcome. I know that's not possible for many people. Right? Well,
1: and, and at the same time, it should be happening more. So, I think this is the um, I think one of one of the things that I that I believe about deep work is that it's often considered like a you know yeah great that you can do it, but I don't I can't do that. I don't have time for that, and yet. I think most people in professional roles or in leadership roles or even just purely for personal growth reasons should really do it more. It's not a, a nice to have. It's really, really important to do. And yes, you and I have done this for many years. I mean I, in terms of alone deep work, it's been part of my routine for uh, for many years. But talking to clients about it, I realized it's actually not that easy to implement. Because there is some, some kind of feeling that it's, it's almost like a luxury to be able to do deep work, and I think there's something wrong in that.
0: I think it's um, a lot to do with um, expectations, real or made up, that you need to be available for anything that comes your way. So that could be any distractions, which could be a necessary distraction, email, phone calls. Uh, anything that you need to respond to, firefighting, right? So some of that you do need to be available for, but it's so easy to make that a priority over deep work because there's usually a threshold to get into deep work. Mm. So if you look at, um, and I thought that was a pretty good definition that uh, Cal Newport has, he talks about deep work as being the ability to focus um, without distractions on a uh, cognitively uh, demanding task. So mm. it's by default hard work for the brain, mm. because you need to focus and use your cognitive ability, and that is hard work, and that the brain would normally resist anything mm. that takes energy. That's yeah. that's the whole point. The brain tries to yeah. budget energy.
1: Yeah, and I think I'm thinking of one of my clients, and, and 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 quite a lot of clients don't get this right, but one client did get it right, and he's one of those people. He's a managing director. He's got he's always in meetings with clients, with staff. Um, and he has now, say, an, a, f- a full day every few months that he doesn't have any meetings. And and uh, he goes to a, a special place for it, uh, so he's not in the office. He doesn't quite turn his phone completely off, but he is, you know, uh, everybody knows not to connect with him in on that day. And initially, it was really hard for him to do that. He almost did it as a favor to me. And then now he does. And he's done it quite a few times, and he loves it, and he, he understands how much value is getting out of it. Um, the, the, the ability to think about strategy, about the management team, about the vision, you know, big, big picture stuff that – any managing director, CEO, or or in fact, leader should, should have some time for. It. And I don't think many people take the time for that because shallow work, operational stuff is so easy to get into and to be lost in and to be distracted by.
0: I have a also a client. It's not a coaching client and he's uh, 10, 20 years older than, than I am and he would call his holidays a time when he's really productive. So he doesn't call it deep work, but he goes away, uh, he's on long-haul flights, and he does his best work on the flights, and when he's on the beach somewhere or yeah. on holiday somewhere. So that's why he does the strategic thinking, that's when he really focuses on reading, that's when he comes up with new ideas. So he, before he goes away, he has a big stack of stuff mm-hmm. that he wants to get through. So. People around him know that that's how he works. So he gets that stack of things. And then when he comes back or throughout that holiday, and then you could ask, you know, how do you define deep work versus holiday? um, You know, you will get his input Mm. uh, and his feedback and his new ideas.
1: So there's something very interesting here, right? So when you calm down the mind and the the agenda and there's not so much things going on, then something happens in the mind that gets us to, good ideas gets us to focus on some stuff that is not operational Uh, it's almost like laziness is productive right if we allow ourselves to be lazy then the you know some of the good ideas come up i think that's really cool so whether you call it holiday or not it's you know really doesn't matter that much um, I
0: think that laziness, uh, and again, I'm taking this from Carl Newport's book, so let's just put it, I think it's called Deep Work, isn't it? Hmm. Yeah, I read it in Swedish, so it was called, well, maybe it was called Deep Work in Swedish, too, I can't remember now. Anyway, so he talks about it as um, when you're free of distractions uh, and you focus and, and you engage your cognitive ability, that's one thing, but then when you when you switch off, and you switch off completely, so call that laziness if you like, the unconscious mind starts working. So you still have some of those questions in you. Mm. And the unconscious mind, if you allow it to be slow and lazy, will come up with things you could never have come Mm. up with if you don't get there.
1: Yeah, and then connected to that, I think is very connected to that, is that when we allow our bodies to move, but our mind to be quiet, then it's even more potentially even more uh effective so we take a question for a walk right so we're walking and we you know generally when you're walking you're not doing much else than letting your brain just go and flow and then sometimes the answers come or i think that's one taking a question to for a walk and i think just sitting on a beach and staring at the sea
0: I was just about to say that if I and I know this from my own experience, and we had this yesterday and the day before, I think, when we did some of our work, you know, having been in very deep dialogues and doing some writing about the things that we needed to produce to then take a break and go for a swim and sit on the beach, and it's something about relaxing the, the vision or mm. let the eyes look at something, the horizon, something that's far away. Yeah. it definitely has a positive impact on the, this i know that from my own experience yeah
1: and i think we do that when we go for a walk or a run or a bike ride i think something like that happens as well there's one other thing that comes up when when you say that and that's i i had a real insight or realization this week that deep work can be done with more than one person so for me deep work was always solitude so i do deep work not with other people and then i realized what we do is deep work right so coming back to what we said right at the beginning that these strategy days that I used to call them is really deep work days, but it's team deep work days. And so that's also deep work. Deep work is not just done individual in solitude. It's also done with one other person or perhaps even with a team. And the way we work is that we deliberately take space from each other to do solitude deep work, then come together and share whatever we have been doing And so we use the fact that we are together in a very deliberate way to do deep work effectively. I think that's really cool.
0: And I have seen this in other places. So it's been called, you know, co-working retreats. So I've seen people with retreat centers organize exactly this. So come to this uh, beautiful place, spend a couple of days doing your work with others. So the environment is provided. It's a focused environment without distractions. But you're not alone, so you mm-hmm. still have a context and probably some support in terms of food and accommodation. You know, you don't mm-hmm. have to organize everything yourself, and I think that's also beautiful. So mm-hmm. there's something about the exchange, something about co-creating that happens when you go away together with others and allow that deep workflow.
1: Yeah, cross fertilization. You said the book, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so what about agenda? So let's say we set a, you know, uh, so l- let's go back to So now it's solitude. So we plan, so I, I do this. I, I plan two or three days every quarter that I have no meetings. And that's in addition to the work we do, right? So now I have, say, I have two days coming up um, and there's no meetings. What about agenda? Do you have an agenda? Do you not have an agenda? And how do you work through an agenda?
0: I think what you have... Um I'm also trying to think about what the book says, but I think it's actually completely aligned with with how we've done it, which is so cool. It's something about, you know what you need to produce. So obviously this takes for granted that you know in your professional, or personal, by the way, but in your professional life, that you know what your bigger goals are. So you know where you need to have impact. Mm. So you, you've already had that as a very clear North Star mm. in a way. Mm. So if you then know that and you have some strategic important high prioritized projects tasks questions that need to be solved you sort of park them in an agenda for the deep work days so it may be that you you don't engage with them until you get to the deep work days and that's when you start chunking it we can come into how how you can do that but you have like a it's the agenda is it's a basically a list of uh, your prioritized um, Questions, yeah.
1: Things to work on, things to things, think about,
0: things to think about and things to work on. But but then, of course, you need to be a bit smart in how you chunk them.
1: Yeah, and for me, the key here is, for me personally, um, is that I don't want that agenda to define what I do in certain periods. Uh, so in certain chunks, so I have my intentions for the two days, but I I go with the flow, what I feel like in the moment. So it's there, then I do deep work, you know, I I pick up an issue or a question or a a, a project or whatever it might be that I want to focus on in that moment, what I feel like. And I don't focus too much on the outcomes during those two days, but I just go with whatever feels right, What, what I long for, actually, what I feel like doing. Mm. So it might be listening to something or reading something or it might be thinking about something Mm. or it might be writing about something or it might be developing something or, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think this is the beauty of intentions, that they are there without being specific as objectives. Yeah. So so you know they're there. So you you sort of unconsciously, you have focused your cognitive ability already because you know what topics that are prioritized because you decided that they are prioritized. Nobody else did.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: I think that works. But then what he talks about here, which is coming back to what I discuss with my clients is, you know, how do you, how do you make time for deep work? So most of my clients have deep work as a couple of hours per week. Mm. So they dedicate a couple of hours and they decide whether morning or evening is better or midday or Friday or Monday, or, you know. So there's some kind of personalized way of scheduling deep work just based on that. And that is one approach. And the approach we have now is, okay, we have actually scheduled days. So that's a very... Macro. Yeah. It's it's more because we have a different environment. We go away. We exclude or or we help ourselves taking away all distractions because there are no client meetings. There are no other people. We're in a different environment. We're not at home. Mm. So we prepare the space. uh, We have a lot of time. So that's a different way of doing it.
1: And actually, very important here, I think, is also the timing in the year that we do these things, because right. it's always those periods when we don't. Ex- so it's not just that we uh, have no meetings, but there's not that many people that want meetings, because mm-hmm. we're, we're now the first week of August, and you know Sweden is still on holiday. Um, we might do we do this generally around the last week of July or the first week of August in the summer, and then we do it the first or the second week of January. And these are periods that it's still quite quiet. So that's a good time to do it. And something else you said is like, it's good to do it after a break. Mm. So you've had some quiet time in the case of the summer, you know, July has been quite easy and not so intense and not so many meetings and perhaps even holiday. And then after that, we do it. And it's the same in January, right? We do this after the Christmas break. So there has been a of a quiet time less intense time um if you're so lucky to have a less intense christmas <laughs> yeah so there's something about doing this after a break but also doing it when there's not that many people you're going to disappoint because you're not online mm.
0: yeah no i completely i completely so it's, it's easier so it's it's making whatever works make it easier for us to be successful yeah but looking at it so a couple of hours per week or, or what we do a couple of days per year so that different ways of doing deep work there's another way and this i think requires more training it's more advanced if you like and and uh it's the idea of whenever the time is there you go to deep work so mm. whenever the time occurs you straight you go straight to deep work yeah so so that means you need to be pretty good at getting into exactly. it and coming That's out difficult. of it right yeah. so and this is cool i think this is very cool so and there are a couple of ways of of doing that too. So if you're in the middle of some deep work and you probably heard this from, it came to my mind from writers. Mm. So you put down the pen in the middle of a sentence Mm. so that it's easy to get back into writing because the threshold of getting back into writing is finishing that sentence and then you sort of-
1: Yeah, you're back in. You're back
0: in. But it could also be prompts in your environment. So let's say you have, you work in the office or you work from home, you have a space that triggers deep work. So all of a sudden, half an hour appears. You go to your deep workspace, and your whole system is prompted yeah. to get you into that deep work.
1: And that's actually a really important point that we haven't really talked about, which is that, yes, you have, obviously, you need to create specific times for it, unless you're so, so good that you can actually just take a break in a, you know, you, there's an hour in your calendar, there, there's no meeting, and you just go straight into it. But that's, re- as you say, that's really advanced. So specific times, whether it's macro, you know, a couple of days a quarter, or whether it's micro, you know, an hour every morning or two hours a week or whatever. And then there's space. So some space is for computer, for meetings on the computer, for phone calls. And other space is for journaling and for design and for deep work. And so your mind starts to, associate that space with deep work. So I've often in the past talked about with my clients about finding a specific table in a coffee shop that's your deep work space. If you are not so lucky to have a great space at home or and in the office is generally not a good idea, especially for leaders because you constantly get distracted by other people. So you need to find a space that first of all that you won't get distracted but second that your mind starts to associate with oh ah, I'm coming here, that means I'm going to do deep work.
0: Mm. Yeah. And you can also, I mean, planning in, if, if you do plan the deep work, knowing your rhythm, so knowing when you would normally have a good time in the day for you to focus. Um, and that's different mm. if it's evening, morning, or even if it's a, a weekend. I wouldn't, you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that all work needs to happen Monday to Friday. I, I think I would be more. Flexible, which means if you do work on Saturday or Sunday, deep work, make sure you do whatever weekend activities you don't do then on that mm. Saturday or Sunday. Do that on a Monday or Tuesday. Mm. So be a little bit more flexible, which means you may need to schedule exercise uh, midday during mm. the week because you you did some deep work in the weekend or whatever it might be. And this is specifically for new managers. I think it's this feels, are you allowed to do that kind of? Mm. Uh, The more senior you get, you know, of course.
1: Hmm. So, uh, yeah, and and one key point here is that this is very personal. It really depends, first of all, of course, on what people's jobs are, what their roles are, what type of leader are they, or what kind of profession are they in. You know, if you you mention writers, writers obviously need a huge amount of deep work time because that's pretty much their job, right? So their shallow work will be, quite limited talking to the publisher or, or organizing some stuff around Jenna or whatever, or calendar or whatever. And then when you get to maybe on the other end, when you are in a corporate leadership role, your vast majority of your time will be in uh, shallow work, right? In meetings and operational stuff in answering questions from people in doing emails and phone calls and so on. Um, so what is your job? What is your role? And then what is what do you need personally because of your personality, because of your mindset around this? Um, I think that's th- those are quite important questions to reflect on because what you and I do, and we do something similar but not the same, is just what we do. I think it works for us because of our personality, because of our jobs. And then if if you do that, because that's, I guess, what you could do after listening to this podcast uh, episode is just to think a little bit about what does this mean for me and then make a rough plan. So if, you know, maybe you will plan a couple of days before the end of September uh, or one day, one Friday, that you are completely not distracted and doing deep work. Or maybe you are going to take a, a slot in a week that works for you. Uh, it might be... A, you know friday morning or monday afternoon or whatever and experiment see how that is because this, uh, this is one of the f- things that i was thinking about is that although i have done deep work for many many years i'm still refining and fine-tuning how i do it and how and, you know the, the inside that deep work can also be done with other people with you in this case was completely new to me. And I've done deep work for many, many I've had a very deliberate, specific practice regarding deep work for many years and constantly changing that. So I think people need to be open to to fine-tuning and reflecting and experimenting rather than here's your plan, this is what you're going to do.
0: And and if you look at, you know, how could you plan that deep work? So we said, you know, just have your intentions and work on what you feel like working on. Now, a structured approach to that would be, yes, you have the big stuff that you need to spend spend your energy on on your cognitive ability on, but then you also chunk that. So you define for yourself specific steps within that deep work. So that could be, you know, identify variables and then look at, you know, what next. So you have <clears throat> specific questions in there. So once you've done the first step, what is the key question that you need to to answer to get to the next step? So that could be interactions with others. So let's say you are working on a massive presentation or a strategy. You're not going to do that in isolation, right? So you're yeah. going to have to have input and interact with others. But how do you then chunk that in a way that it makes sense for you to do that deep yeah. work? Yeah. So um so the structure, I think, is something that again, I agree with you that is personal, but it's also about the resistance we might have when something is really big. The threshold becomes bigger, it just feels so big and overwhelming. So we usually says, we, we cut the elephant in pieces, right? Mm. But to find those pieces in a in a very smart way for that deep work to happen, I think is mm. something to play with.
1: Cool. And right.
0: the one other thing I just wanted to mention before we wrap up is the most common, one of the most common distractions is social media. Yeah. And I think what he did here, and back to Cal Newport, is that he said it's not it's not all bad. Of course, it's not all bad. But define what is it that you get out of, let's say, Instagram in relation to your deep work. So if you need to go on Instagram, what is it that you get out of it? So you define the purpose of going into any social media you're going to. And you don't do that with deep work. But as a distraction, if you know what that distraction might be good for, you also know what it's not good for. And I quite like that way of thinking about it.
1: So. I I, I think it's important when you're in deep work to go with what you long for, what you feel like this is really something that I want to work on. But be careful because the social media will create, what do you call it, uh, dopamine dependency. So you need to be able to distinguish between longing for some some deep work, for some um, cognitive uh, process that you really long for, versus the, just the, 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 your mind asking for your next dopamine hit. And, and so to be able to distinguish between those two is I think very important um, because we will otherwise end up doing most of our deep work days, looking at whatever it's meta and Google uh, try to um, throw at us.